Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Marzi. Thank you for tuning in to our latest Line on Leave podcast from the Hartford. We're excited to bring the second installment of our series on the ADA, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act, and how it specifically is related to leave and absence management. Last time we discussed the basics of the federal law and employer responsibilities, and we also touched on how employers and their employees can work closely together to come up with effective workplace accommodations. That collaboration is known as the interactive process. And under the ADA, it's a critical part to help employees remain a meaningful, productive member of the workforce. So I'm very happy to welcome back today our ADA specialist from the Hartford. Alicia Hines serves as our ADA coach, and John Robinson is an assistant director of our Absence Solutions. John also teaches ADA through our continuing education courses. So we're going to start off with a question for Alicia. So the interactive process is really more of a conversation, right? And I'm wondering who and what triggers it. Yes, the interactive process can be triggered by the employee or the employer. Uh, the employee may ask for some type of an assistance, but it's also up to the employer to offer assistance if they uh, see an employee having difficulties. And yes, it is just a conversation about what might be solutions for that individual. So for example, if an employer has a situation where they're noticing that an employee is having a difficulty hearing on the phone, and the employee's volume is at a maximum capacity, um, then the employer might be able to engage that employee to say, gee, I noticed you're having some difficulty hearing on the phone, Would you need a different headset or some type of an amplifier to help you. Um, so that's a, an example of how you can engage an employee in that interactive discussion. So what are the employees' responsibilities coming into all of this? Don't some people already have a good idea of what might work? Absolutely. Um, there are times when an employee may really know what might work for them, perhaps even from their, you know, their non-work life. Uh, for example, if they've uh, got a situation where they've got maybe carpal tunnel and their home computer has voice activation software, that might be something that you know, they could suggest to the employer as a possible accommodation. But it's not always something that the employee may have a solution for. They may know with a part of the job that they're having a difficulty with, but um, they might not know what a solution is. And that's when they really want to uh, you know, engage in some discussion with the employer um, to see what solutions might be out there. And if the employer doesn't have a solution, they can actually do some research uh, coming into the conversation. There's some great resources out there like the Job Accommodation Network, uh, where there's real help to look at different types of accommodations that are available for different types of conditions. Okay, got it. Can you take us through the steps of the interactive process? Sure. First of all, there's uh, the important part of recognizing that there's a need or a request uh, and then gathering the information to support that. Uh, it may mean getting information from the healthcare provider uh, to find out you know, what the condition is. The healthcare provider might actually have some suggestions on what types of accommodations are available. And then really exploring options, keeping an open mind, looking at the different types of things that might assist that individual, engaging in that discussion, that dialogue, that interactive process. Um, and as an employee suggests ideas coming in, knowing what 
you know, what might work for the employer and what might not work for the employer, because that's an important part of it, too. It's really got to work for both parties. And then once uh, you have that type of a, a discussion and you do select an accommodation and you implement that accommodation, then the next thing really is important is to really check back with that employee, monitor that progress, see if that accommodation is working. And if it's not working, really uh, look at that again and see what kinds of uh, changes might be able to be made uh, to make it successful. So I'm wondering for our listeners, if we could actually even walk through an example or two of how this works. So maybe we can start with a scenario. Alicia is an employee who wants to ask for additional leave time. And John, you can be the HR person who has to consider her request. How would this work? All right. Hello, B. It's really nice to see you. How can I help you today? Well, it's nice to be back. But, you know, um, I'm out on FML and I'm still really not ready to go back to work. We're we're having a really hard time at home right now. And and I really can't think straight. Well, B, thank you so much for coming in and letting me know. There are some additional programs that we can talk about that may be able to help. And I want to get you the help that you need for you and your family. The Americans with Disabilities Act, and and we call that ADA, may be able to provide you with some additional time to recover. Really? I am. Thank you so much. I am so relieved. This has been weighing on my mind just so much. Well, you've already done the most important piece, and that's coming in and talking to me about this. And please remember, I am going to be keeping all of your information confidential. The next step is to really sit down and identify how long you may need to be off. And then let's get that medical information from your physician that's going to support that time off. Okay. um, I'm meeting with my therapist twice a week and I can get you that medical information. Um, As I just said it to our disability carrier too. Um, my my therapist is is saying maybe another six weeks of time. Okay, I'm going to need to alert your supervisor of that time request, but will not be sharing any of your medical. Like I said, I'm just going to let her know that we're reviewing for an ADA accommodation right now, and that accommodation is going to be for additional leave time. That's wonderful, but I, I'm also really concerned about my medical benefits. Will I be able to keep them? Absolutely. ADA does provide continuation of those benefits. You will need to pay your portion, of course, and we're going to talk about how that works, but your benefits are going to continue and also your job is going to be protected. So I also wanted to ask you, though, just to keep the conversation out there, do you think maybe a part-time return to work would be possible? Maybe three days a week or maybe working half days? Just kind of wanted to keep all of our options on the table so that we can really focus on getting you back into the office. I'm not really sure about that, but I will talk to my therapist. Um, I really want to get back to work and, you know, half days may be good in a couple of weeks. Great. So I just wanted to keep those options open, as I said. And remember, if you try it and it doesn't work, it's okay. We're going to continue to partner together to do what's right for you, for your family, and for the company. Thank you so much. This has really helped me greatly. 
I'll get that medical and bring it in. Um, and then we can meet next week. Okay. okay. I'm going to set up a meeting for us right now. Same time and day next week. Will that be okay? Absolutely. I'll see you then. And again, thank you so very much. All right, B. Thank you too for coming in and we're going to make this work. So as you can see, we had a really good conversation. It's just the employee and the employee putting all their cards on the table and understanding, making a timeline for next steps, gathering that medical information, and also being open about other opportunities. I was like to say, when I'm out there talking, ADA really wants to see if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So maybe if the first option, six or eight weeks off full time doesn't work, but maybe a part-time option would. Just keep that discussion ongoing and open is the key to having a really good interactive process. Oh gosh, that was great. Okay, let's do another example. So John, how about you're the employee in this scenario and you've been out of work for a while and you need to discuss with Alicia, who's your company HR person, what type of accommodation you might need to come back to work. Okay. So I'm a cashier at a local grocery store and I have not been released to work full time. I have some restrictions though, 20 pounds. I can't lift over 20 pounds and I can't stand for over two hours. Good morning, John. It's so good to see you. The team and the customers have really missed you. Well, Alicia, I'm really glad to be back and looking forward to working, but I do have some restrictions in coming back to work. I'm really not going to be able to lift over 20 pounds and I need to sit down every two hours. And I'm worried about this because my doctor said that if I don't follow this, I could really hurt my back again. Okay, John, let's talk about what we can do to accommodate you. What parts of your job do you think you're going to need help with? And do you know how long you're going to have those restrictions? Well, sometimes there are those things that the customers buy that are heavier than 20 pounds, like that kitty litter bag or the big bags of dog food. And I'm just not going to be able to lift that for them. You know, John, I think I might have a solution for that. I was at one of the large wholesale clubs this weekend, and they have people using those hand scanners. And at that time, I was actually thinking that would be a good idea anyhow as the customers and the cashiers wouldn't have to lift heavy items. They can just scan them right in their cart. Do you think that would work? I think that would be great. And I would love to be able to do my job, except that I also need to sit for five minutes every two hours. And that will just be for the next couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, well, I'll look into the scanner and that may take a couple of days. While I'm looking into that, how about we assign a teammate to work with you? So if you get a customer who has an item that you can't lift, you can have them come and help you. That would work. But remember, I still need to sit for about five minutes every two hours. Okay, uh, let's see what we can do about that. You do have the two 15-minute breaks. What about if we made those breaks 10-minute breaks every two hours? and then you have the break for lunch. Thank you, that sounds perfect. Good, um, I'll talk with the manager and make sure that she's aware of what we've uh, agreed upon and that she can help to coordinate. So thank you so much, John, it'll be so good to have you back. 
Thank you, Alicia. I'm very excited to be back and thank you for helping me with this. In this situation, it really was that dialogue of really kind of some creative thinking about what might be able to help the employee to be able to come back to work. The employee was very forthcoming in what their restrictions were, and you knew that he wanted to come back to work. So it was really kind of that idea of collaborating to see what kinds of solutions we could come up with. It was also looking at the length of the time of the accommodation, um, because if the accommodation was going to only be for a couple of days, it might not uh, need to get a hand scanner. But it, since it was going to be for a longer period of time, that would be considered a reasonable accommodation. Certainly looping in the manager who is going to be working with John to make sure all of this is coordinated is also a really critical piece of all this and letting them know what the accommodations are as well as the length of the time of the accommodation. It's a win-win. The employee is able to return to work and we're able to get our employee back and productive. And Alicia, I love that win-win term. And I know we've been talking about it for years, right, Alicia, on return to work programs and how beneficial they are. So ADA really supports that. I do want to be the voice of reason, though. Remember, employers, when you're working with ADA, document everything. Request, action, outcome. So that you're really being able to provide the support should the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission come in and do an audit that every single request has been documented and the end result with that true goal of certainly full-time, full-duty for employees, but you're showing all of the pieces from the interactive process through the duration of the accommodation. That was great. And I think that the um, role plays actually really helped bring everything to life. I really appreciate the insights and wanted to thank you both John and Alicia for your time and your perspective. I also want to thank our listeners because, you know, they do have an opportunity to hear another third and final installment in our ADA podcast series. The next one, John and Alicia are going to go back and talk about the complexities around compliance. And they're also going to share some ADA success stories as well. So as always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your colleagues. You can always visit us at thehartford.com slash PFML for more information resources to help you manage absence in the workplace. Until next time, be well and stay safe, everyone. Thank you.